You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Yesterday, President Trump signed an executive order that he said was meant to protect American workers. I will be signing a Buy American and Hire American executive order. You haven't heard about that in a long time in this country. With this action, we are sending a powerful signal to the world. We're going to defend our workers, protect our jobs, and finally put America first. The order takes aim at two specific areas, federal government requirements to purchase American goods and services, which the order aims to enforce, and the H-1B visa program for temporary employment of foreign workers with highly specialized knowledge, a visa program that's relied on by Silicon Valley tech companies and technology outsourcing firms. The president says the order is meant to end abuses of the visa program that allow companies to replace American workers with foreign workers for less pay. Here to talk with us about the possible impact of President Trump's executive order are David Beer, an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute's Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity, and Angelo Paparelli, a partner at Safeworth Shaw. Angelo, what reforms do we know that from this order that the, pre- the Trump administration is going to undertake to change the visa program? Well, the, uh, the order... Really, it does not involve any immediate action or any immediate deadline. And it appears that these are aspirational instructions rather than uh, hard and fast changes. There, there are two sets of instructions in, in the order. Uh, one deals with uh, suggesting new uh, rules and uh, policy guidance that would supersede or revise previous rules and guidance. Well, uh, that triggers a very complicated, time-consuming process under the Administrative Procedure Act, where rules are proposed and the uh, Office of Management and Budget uh, screens the rules, circulates copies to multiple federal agencies and departments, and then gets feedback, while the while the members of the public and the stakeholder community have an opportunity to talk about it. There's no deadline set for this, and I think that's wise, since it's almost impossible to predict how long that will go. But the second one is interesting because it introduces a concept that uh, we should accord these visas to individuals who are among the highest paid and uh, the most skilled in in the particular field. Uh, That is not allowed in the law at at present, uh, and the Congress would have to act to bring that about. It would also 
tr- involve a rather gargantuan task, much harder than a lottery. In a lottery, it's just a random draw, but in trying to filter through uh, the, this time it was about 233,000 uh, petitions submitted for 85,000 uh, lucky uh, uh, recipients who are selected to try to fi- filter through uh, 230,000 divided by industry and occupation and then come up with a method of determining a comparison as to which are the most highest skilled and highest paid, that, that's a, not an easy task for an agency not known to be nimble. David, Trump said the visa program has driven down wages for Americans. Is that true when only 85,000 H-1B visas are available each year? Well, no, it's not true. Um, if you look at the industry overall, what you see is that uh, these foreign immigrant workers who come in end up taking certain types of jobs, and uh, native-born workers have responded to that by moving into managerial positions and moving up the pay scale. And so there has been a shifting in the industry over the past decade or so, uh, but you're not seeing this kind of uh, horror stories of displacement and unemployment and, and uh, declining wages. In fact, each, uh, wages in the largest uh, fields um, that H-1Bs go to, the most common H-1B occupations, have actually increased while uh, wages in other sectors of the economy have gone down. And so uh, it's really a very selective reading of the information that he's received uh, in order to come to this conclusion. And if you actually look at when these H-1Bs are coming and when companies are demanding H-1Bs, it's overwhelmingly at times when the unemployment rate in these industries, these these tech, computer, and mathematics jobs, uh, are very – the unemployment rate is very, very low, and and it's very, very low right now. And so – it's just not true that uh, you're seeing this kind of displacement and replacement um, overall in the industry. Uh, there's, there have been a few cases, but uh, not the general trend that he's trying to create. Angela, we have about 30 seconds, but do, do, is there a feeling in the industries that use these visas that there's a need to change the program? Well, the, there's a, a tr- tremendous need to eliminate the cap, which is artificial and was uh, not has not changed meaningfully since 1990, uh, the uh, number of workers where positions are in short supply, um, uh, excuse me, where workers are in short supply in terms of the positions, is, is very disproportionate. Uh, recently, the San Diego Union Tribune said that. Um, there are $80,000 jobs available that go begging for applicants uh, in cybersecurity, and uh, that uh, uh, these are, are, are jobs that are Angela, let me important. ask you to hold that thought. President Trump yesterday signed an executive order that requires the Secretary of State, the Attorney General, the Secretary of Labor, and the Secretary of Homeland Security to suggest reforms to help ensure that H-1B visas which are for foreign workers with highly specialized knowledge, are only awarded to the most highly skilled or highest paid workers. The president says that this, uh, that changing the H-1B visa program would protect American workers and end abuses in the program. 
We are talking about the president's order with David Beer, an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute, and Angelo Paparelli, a partner at Safeworth Shaw. Angelo, we were talking about um, what actually is needed to reform the program, and you suggested lifting the the number, you lifting the cap and having a higher number of visas would actually be a good way to reform the program. But it seems unlikely that that's what President Trump is aiming for here, right? And so is this order really about sort of kind of making it a more rational system or is it really about restricting immigration? Well, uh, we have to take it in context. Previously in meeting with uh, leaders from Silicon Valley, uh, he seemed to be open uh, to their concerns as well. Uh, we've had higher numbers in the past, uh, uh, and usually it was a trade-off, stricter regulation for higher numbers, and I think that would be the way to go. At one point, we had uh, 190,000 and up to more than 200,000 numbers, as, as opposed to what we have now, 85,000. And so, uh, David, will Silicon Valley be benefiting from this? Or is this purely a lottery system so you don't see who benefits? Well, look, the lottery is bad for many of the big uh, tech companies like Google and Microsoft, who actually pay their workers uh, far more than they're required to under the law. And what ends up happening is that in the lottery system, you have these IT staffing companies that submit uh, thousands upon thousands of applications, and so then they win the lottery because they have the most raffle tickets, not because they have the greatest need or are going to pay the, the, the worker they're, they're going to bring over the most money. And so there are companies who would actually benefit um, from, you know, raising the minimum wage for H-1B or that type of thing. But all of those types of regulations are really unnecessary. What we have in the H-1B market is this uh, sort of fraudulent government-created problem, which is that the workers are stuck with a single employer. If the worker can leave his employer at any time and go get paid uh, $40,000 more at another tech company, then he'll do that if he has access to the market. The only way a company can get away with paying below market wages is if the worker doesn't have access to the market. And so the real reform that that President Trump could actually do here is make it easy for workers to leave an employer that underpays them. Angelo, given that so many of these visas are, are given to workers who end up at companies that are really uh, outsourcing firms, They're, they do contracting work for other companies in technology and fields like that, um, and that you know that's why the Silicon Valley companies aren't getting all of the visas. Is it actually a good thing to sort of figure out a way to restrict their ability to get these visas, those companies? Well, I take issue with what David said, calling them staffing companies. These are really business process and IT consulting firms that introduce much-needed innovations in the way American businesses operate and make them more globally competitive. Uh, I think uh, a promising bill would be uh, to start with what uh, Representative Zoe Lofgren, a Democrat from Silicon Valley, has proposed, which would allocate a certain number of the visas, if we have to stay with a cap, uh, to smaller employers that will not be filing many. many. But I think it's misleading uh, to 
to point the blame at consulting firms. They're not really staff augmentation firms. Uh, they're much more sophisticated than that. And when Americans want to say we've had enough technology, then I think uh, we can perhaps reduce the H-1B, but no one has an appetite for that. Uh, do you want to give us a 30-second response to that, David? You know, I think we're just talking about semantics. I don't disagree uh, with anything that Angela just said. Um, ultimately, you know, these companies provide a valuable, uh, you know, asset to the firms that are that they are uh, supporting, and so there's no reason to prevent them from um, accessing the H-1B. Uh, we need more H-1Bs, but my point was that some of these large companies who pay workers more would ultimately benefit uh, if the, you know, the minimum wage was raised or uh, other things were done to restrict uh, access to the H-1B. Our thanks and I to agree. Dave, uh, well, we're out of time now, so our thanks to David Beer of the Cato Institute and Angelo Paparelli, a partner at Safe Earth Show, for talking about immigration policy and the president's order on, um, on uh, the H-1B visa program, which was issued yesterday. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.